I, I would not be in my career had it not been for the ORISE postdoc. Um, we have other uh, ORISE who have been postdocs, who have been post-undergraduate, um, mid-masters, just the range of academic career. And, you know, some have used the position to help decide, should I go into consulting? Should I go into graduate school? And some have made both decisions. I can think of one case where they chose. Now, I think, I don't think national lab research is the right place for me. I need to go into the consulting world. And the other thought, wow, I really like research. I think I am going to go ahead and go get my PhD. So um, it's, it's a really good place to explore your interests, um, get to know people, get to develop some, a little bit of your own technical and, and professional network. This is the ORISE FeatureCast. Join host Michael Holtz for conversations with ORISE experts on STEM workforce development, scientific and technical reviews, and the evaluation of radiation exposure and environmental contamination. You'll also hear from ORISE research program participants and their mentors as they talk about their experiences and how they are helping shape the future of science. Welcome to the ORISE FeatureCast. Welcome to another episode of the ORISE FeatureCast. As ever, I'm your host, Michael Holtz, in the Communications and Marketing Department at ORISE. And we are, once again, talking to talking to and about all things ORISE research program participation. And one of the great um, former, I believe, research participants, Ali Hakala. Um, Ali, welcome to the ORISE FeatureCast. Thank you for the invitation. I'm very happy to be here. Tell me a little bit about who you are. Well, in my current profession, I'm at the National Energy Technology Laboratory. Um, a environmental geochemist by trading, and I'm currently acting as the senior fellow for geologic and environmental systems in our research and innovation center. And so um, research-wise, my interests are heavily focused on understanding fluid flow and chemistry and natural systems, trying to apply that to different types of problems. Um, and otherwise, I have a, a fam we're a family of four plus two dogs, and I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking this time to speak with me today and share a little bit about your story. And I want to start with kind of some big news. You are were recently named an Oppenheimer Fellow. Um, talk about that and what does that mean um, for you, for your career, for science in general? Right, so it's the Oppenheimer Science and Energy Leadership Program. And it's um, a program that was started a few years ago um, at DOE headquarters with the, uh, along with the National Lab Director Council okay. to um, help uh, foster uh, um, and cultivate um, common knowledge, um, uh, collaboration um, and connections across the national lab complex. So out of the 17 national labs, my understanding is the goal to have representatives from each lab participate uh, from different parts of the lab. So even though I'm representing on-site res on research at NETL, um, there are also operations directors from other labs, uh, finance, um, all, all areas of um, the different labs and, and how they need to operate and function to help serve the DOE mission. Um, so from my exposure so far, we only kicked off in January here in 2023. Um, we had a, a kickoff with all of the participants at, in Ames, Iowa, at Ames National Laboratory. And um, it was a pretty intense week of learning about the program, uh, learning about Ames National Lab, 
um, getting to know the pr program participants, um, and we're going to be developing think pieces throughout the year um, around topics that are of interest um, for the national labs, and that also can help the Department of Energy. So it's going to be a really interesting year in getting to learn all of that and participate. Awesome. It sounds like a great program and a great, I guess, collaborative effort to sort of bring folks together from all of the national labs to work together, you know, as you said, on these think pieces and on issues that are relevant to the, to the um, agency. Definitely. Uh, um, so I'm speaking to you because you are a formal, former O-RISE research program participant at Nettle. Um, but I wanted to go back even further than that and ask you, has science always been a thing for Ali Hakalov? How did you how did you foster your interest in all things science? Well, I, I've always had an interest in nature and being outside. Uh, when I was a kid, my parents always kicked my brothers and, and me outside and <laughs> really, really enjoyed observing nature and being, um, you know, going on hikes, playing outside, all of those things. Um, I also had a, some of an interest in chemistry. I remember playing with what the equivalent of the chemistry kits you see now for kids and mixing my different potions and things when I was, you know, eight, nine years old. Right. Um, when I lived, we lived in Florida for a period of time when I was growing up and sp I spent a lot of time outside um, fishing in the canals. We spent a lot of time going to the Everglades, um, also to the coast. Um, and I became really fascinated with the differences across the different types of um, geographic locations and then the ecology and, and some of the, I guess I didn't know at the time it was called geology, but you know, some of the differences in, in those um, aspects of the natural system. And it continued, we, um, um, at another point we lived in Santiago, Chile. And so I was really nicely exposed to some exciting geology living in South America. Very cool. Um, and although I always had this interest in nature and, and earth science, um, I guess, I, even though it wasn't termed that, at the, I didn't really think of it as that at the time. Um, I, I ended up wanting to focus more on politics and environmental policy when I started in college. Okay. I took a class that showed me how you could, could apply your interests in science and geology and the natural systems um, towards helping make decisions. And so I, that's where I switched over. I became involved in undergraduate research which then spilled into become going into PhD research. And then I just have kind of continued with research and as, as part of the career. So it, it wasn't an intentional process. It just, I just Yeah. There was the work involved, but it was the, sure. I didn't, I didn't start out when I was younger thinking this is what I'm going to end up. This doing. is what so, I want to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting seeing where I've gotten to. That's a, it's a great um, trajectory to, you know, sort of, as you say, get to where you've gotten to. Um, and I have to imagine that along the way, there were some mentors who helped guide you in um, the process. So talk about who some of those folks might be and you know how they helped guide your career. Absolutely. Um, well, an undergraduate, uh, a major mentor was my undergraduate advisor, Satish Maineni. He's in the geosciences and civil and environmental engineering departments at Princeton University. And he, um, he saw my interest in geochemistry. And even though I was coming into the field, I, I hadn't really done much science um, in my first two years 
in college just because um, I did a lot with the AP exams in high school and, and international baccalaureate. So I figured, oh, my credits are, are done. I can move on. But trying to get back into it after two years of not really thinking that way was a little bit of a challenge. And so he really helped help me get through some of that hump um, and really help foster a lot of the interest and and discipline towards understanding geochemistry. And um, he also taught me how to write technical papers, which mm -hmm. was a painful process. Um, I remember writing my senior thesis and it, every time I submitted a version, it came back completely marked up. <laughs> and so it was... <laughs> It was a lot of effort, I think, on his part to help guide me, but I, I really appreciate it because um, it ended up taking me to Ohio State where I actually, he had gone to Ohio State uh, for his PhD. And I ended up working with Yo Chin, uh, who uh, in the School of Earth Sciences there, who is a fantastic advisor. We still stay in touch. His daughters were in our, our wedding, like the whole, the whole uh, uh, comprehensive mentorship from Yo. And, um, he he continued to help me and, and guide me in the process of becoming a researcher um, and then coming to national uh, the National Energy Technology Laboratory. Um, I've had a couple of great mentors, um, George Guthrie, Grant Bromwell, um, and then a few others along the way. So it's I'm always having somebody to be able to bounce ideas off of um, and also understanding that any criticism or feedback that comes back is intended to help me grow. Um, has been helpful. And so it's you, it's not like you can have that with everybody, but having some of those trusted uh, mentors where I don't, I, I understand that their feedback is coming from a place of, you know, an intent helping me in my career. It's mm -hmm. been really amazing. And I, I feel very fortunate for that. But uh, some of it's also seeking it out and making sure you always have somebody like that to be able to bounce ideas off of and get some advice from. And that seems like a really important, that last thing you said, seems like a really important um, point is to find those people, you know, um, who can give you that feedback in a nurturing way, in a, in a way that helps foster your interests, foster your career, but isn't criti criticism for the sake of criticism. Um, and it's, on the one hand, it's it's the mentor's responsibility, but it's also the mentee's responsibility to find those people, seek out those people, um, so that maybe you don't flame out or you don't get overwhelmed by um, the criticism, the the feedback. Um, you know, because I'm sure you know, you know, not everyone not everyone takes feedback well. Right. So, or, uh, or, or it's also the delivery of feedback too. Right. Yes. Um, and so that, that's also very important. And it's also taught me a lot. Um, you know, it's even though I, I don't know if you call this an official mentorship, but also having a really strong network of colleagues um, who've also become close friends um, in some cases is, is has also been really important. And having that, you have it's more of the um, person, more of an authority located. Mm -hmm. Uh, as a mentor, and then also having your um, colleague mentor network, where it's I'm dealing with a problem. How do you deal with this problem? Or you know those types of things. The collaboration, the peer network, the, all mm -hmm. of those, all of those things become really important to um, helping you move forward, but also helping each other solve problems and and handle 
um, situations as they arise, right? Absolutely. Um, you started at Nettle as an ORISE program participant, right? So what was that experience? How did, how did the ORISE experience um, help shape your career? I mean, I know you're still at Nettle, so obviously it was a positive. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was interesting. So, I mean, it, it was a big switch for me um, going in, into the field that I'm that I started in as a uh, ORISE postdoc. My PhD research had been focused on pesticides and in, in um, temperate wetlands. Okay. Um, so, I studied pesticide degradation in a wetlands um, feeding into Lake Erie, and when I was looking for postdoctoral positions, in part, I ended up in Pittsburgh because of my my husband's job. And so I was looking for different research opportunities once we moved here and found out about this ORISE position. It actually had been advertised to a colleague of mine at Ohio State who then sent it to me, said, who said, hey, I know you're in Pittsburgh. You might want to check this out. And it was a little odd because it was on oil shale. And I'm like, well, I don't really study oil shales. I've never really studied hydrocarbons. I don't even know what an ETL is. And so I had to do a little bit of research on that. Um, but then I decided, well, those are really old wetlands that have been compacted over time geologically. And so I, you know, has similar chemi chemical principles. So I can, you know, at least start from there. And it was really interesting getting into the postdoc because um, looking at how do we produce energy while also being responsible environmentally um, mm -hmm. is a huge component of all the different resources we have to access for energy. And so it was really, uh, it was interesting to apply my environmental knowledge and then also pick up a lot of the knowledge about um, oil and gas and then also geologic carbon storage um, getting into the postdoc. So it it just, it, it seemed to have enough components that piqued my interest. I was able to work on enough different topics um, as an ORISE postdoc. Um, you know, I had the main project that brought me in, but then as I became integrated more with the different research teams at the lab, I was able to branch out and work on different projects. And and then a federal position became open that I applied for and, and landed me on the path where I am now. That's awesome. So um, I always love those, those ORISE research participation program success stories because, um, I mean, obviously you're still, you know, part of the federal scientific workforce um, doing important work. Um, talk a little bit um, on the subject of important work. Talk a little bit about what it is specifically that you're doing um, today as part of NETL. Yeah, what I'm so what I'm doing today it's um, it's sometimes a little challenging to describe, but it, it's I'm helping um, pull all the different pieces together to help make sure that our research teams are in the best position to, to address the DOE mission space. Okay. And so um, it's a little bit of understanding what's happening in terms of the DOE mission, where the lab mission is also focused um, and making sure that we're focusing on the topics and going after um, the different areas of opportunity that make sense for our lab, um, considering our capabilities and our history um, and, our, and our current knowledge base. And so we have an amazing team of researchers in the Research and Innovation Center. Um, so I primarily work with the geologic and environmental systems groups. 
Um, however, we also have teams across multiple other disciplines at the lab. And so we try to pull in, you know, for example, our computational science teams um, or our systems analysis teams or our materials science teams or our process engineering teams um, as appropriate. And it's, um, it's helping to understand what's out there ex externally that we need to be keeping an eye on in terms of um, making sure we're applying our capabilities in the best way, but then also helping get the right teams together within the lab um, and developing strategic relationships with other groups. Um, you know, we may not have a capability at the lab, but if we pulled in another national lab or a university, for example, to help, help with the team, we could pull together a project and answer some important questions together. So it's, it's pretty fun in that aspect. Um, Oh, and, and what's really nice is I'm learning a lot of, about a lot of different topical areas. So it's taking me out of my, what previously was a pretty focused area of subsurface geochemistry and reservoirs to now thinking about um, critical minerals and also uh, wellbore cements uh, and, and well plugging. And it, it's a whole range of topics. So it's pretty exciting. That is exciting. And seems with, you know, all of the conversation around, um, climate change and, and just everything related to um, protecting the environment, very timely and important issues as well. Mm -hmm. um, I was reading, doing a little bit of reading about you and I saw that um, diversity is a very important issue um, for you personally. I mean, obviously you're a, you're a woman in STEM, so um, <laughs> There's there's that aspect, but why why for you personally is diversity an important issue? There are so many times where I have been going along a particular train of thinking, thinking I knew all the pieces, thinking I knew exactly what was going on. And then somebody from a completely different background, either technically or personally, um, came up with an idea that ended up complete. I mean, it's I it's happened multiple times. Uh, over the course of my career. And so I, I think having the diversity of, of technical background and also diversity of personal background um, brings different perspectives and allows, allows the group to think differently than if you have all the same background or all the same technical training. Um, and so that's where I think the diversity is pretty important um, to being able to, when you're thinking about really big problems, you wanna have a lot of different types of thinking because you never know which combination of ideas or which thread might help actually answer the important, uh, the, the difficult question. So. Right, right. Is there a specific example of that that you can that you can share of? Oh, um, trying to think. <laughs> and if not, I don't know if I have a specific example right now. Um, I mean, I, I guess one one example I can use is I, I had a I actually had an O'Reilly's postdoc, uh, Thai fan, who uh -huh. came. Um, he's originally from Vietnam, but primarily did his um, uh, graduate research in, in Canada, and then came to Pittsburgh uh, to work on isotope geochemistry. And there were multiple times where I think just based on his academic training and then also how he approached life just because of who he was as a person um, really brought me new perspective um, on how to approach a problem or how to approach a question. And what I also appreciated is that um, it's almost like he reverse mentored me sometimes and <laughs> in terms of I would be going down a pathway and 
he'd say, well, you may want to consider this because in my experience, this is something I've seen with, you know, with whatever pathway I was going down with the isotope geochemistry um, uh, project. And so um, it's not that, you know, someone exactly like me maybe wouldn't have thought of the same thing, but I think because of his diversity of experience combined with what we were trying to do on the project, it just helped us get to a, a much better place with the research than I thought, than I think would have happened if it had just been me thinking about it or, or someone exactly like me. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and that leads me to, to my next question, which I meant to ask when we talked about mentors before. You've had the opportunity, obviously, then to mentor other scientists, um, including the young man you just spoke about. How has that been for you, um, serving as a mentor for others? That's been a learning experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's interesting seeing the different types of personalities that come through for mentorship, different levels of experience in terms of running a project or technical background. Um, and the, the most important thing I've learned is, you know, what I've, is paying attention to what I've appreciated in mentorship is people taking the time to spend time with me, um, being very open and clear about things. And um, I found that the most productive experiences, I think for both the mentee and then me as a mentor have been when I've been able to focus and dedicate time. And so it's actually um, helped me understand what, you know, what, what's an appropriate number of mentees to be working with at any given time. Um, if there are technical opportunities, can we get some additional mentors involved just to make sure that the time investment and the communication I think is so important with mentorship. And that's been the biggest, um, I, guess, I guess, lesson I learned over mentoring over the past few years. Okay, great. Um, is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to make sure that we talk about? think um i think something i mean if, if this podcast is geared towards people considering orise or thinking about the yes. impact of orise um i i have found the experience to be very uh very just um what's the right word just uh, uh, awesome overall uh the the postdoc i i would not be in my career had it not been for the orise postdoc um we have other uh, ORIs who have been postdocs, who have been post-undergraduate, um, mid-masters, just the range of academic career. And, you know, some have used the position to help decide, should I go into consulting? Should I go into graduate school? And some have made both decisions. I can think of one case where they chose. Now, I think, I don't think national lab research is the right place for me. I need to go into the consulting world. And the other thought, wow, I really like research. I think I am going to go ahead and go get my PhD. So um, it's, it's a really good place to explore your interests, um, get to know people, get to develop some, a little bit of your own technical and, and professional network. And in most cases, um, a, a good experience will land you with a really strong set of peers that will help guide you throughout your whole career, which, which it's done for me, so. Awesome, so I'm sure I highly recommend. <laughs> highly recommended, yeah. And all our experience. Um, last question for you, Ali. What brings you joy? Brings me joy. Hmm. And it can be um, any facet of life. It doesn't have to be science. Yeah. 
I mean, since it's the morning and I just had a cup of really delicious coffee and an excellent breakfast, I can say that's it. Um, <laughs> I mean, yesterday it was spending a wonderful time with my family. Other, you know, other times it's discovering something new in, in the lab. Um, so I, I think it's wherever, wherever I can focus on the positive, I guess. Awesome. Uh, I love that answer. So, <laughs> something different every day. It it does. Uh, it shifts every day. <laughs> awesome. Well, Ali Hakala, thank you so much for yeah, spending this time with me. I really appreciate getting the opportunity to know you and can't wait to share your story with our audience. Thank you again, Michael. Thanks for the interview. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you too. Thank you for listening to the O-Rise Feature Cast. To learn more about the Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education, visit orise.orau.gov or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Orise Connect. If you like the Orise feature cast, give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. The Oak Ridge Institute for Science